Hey Jexiteers, thanks again for stopping by. If you're new to the channel, my name is Riley and I'm a former Jehovah's Witness. And today I have the pleasure of interviewing Nate Cole. Nate Cole is a former Jehovah's Witness who started waking up around 2018, spent three years as a PMO, physically in, mentally out, and then finally left the organization in August of 2020 and he'd like to share his story with us. Hi Nate, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well. I'm happy to be here on Jexit. Um, I've enjoyed this channel for a while. And um, even when I was during uh, the, the peak season of COVID, I was in Amazon warehouse doing packages and moving deliveries. And um, during that job helped me get the money I need to get out, get my own place. And uh, now during that time, I was listening to your videos and it helped me a lot. And um, since I've left, and gotten out in the organization i'm i've gotten a better job now i've gotten i've been doing even more for my life than before and it's been going well and thank you for your channel thank you for watching and thank you very much for joining me as well i, I do appreciate it so um what was it like being pimo for three whole years and how did you start waking up in the first place so i want to get started off on the whole three year um number i know it sounds weird that was um, it was like roughly around three years. And the reason why it was, it was that amount of time was because it was a process of, um, it was like, a, it was confliction at first because you have people who are in the organization that you care about and you know, you won't see them again. Um, my family, I lived my whole life just trying to make my, like my parents happy. And like, cause they just, I don't know. They, they had this thing where they had this expectation of me. And I feel like they would be happy once I hit that expectation. So, for example, um, most, uh, if you are a witness watching this, then you probably have witness parents who are expecting you to be baptized one day or be a pioneer. Or maybe you, they wanted you to be a ministerial servant. And, um, you know, I kind of wanted to hit those titles and make them happy. But every time I would do something, an achievement for the organization, I would feel happy. But at the end of the day, it was like, my parents weren't like truly satisfied at the same time um there was just an emptiness because this was a man-made title i just achieved like if you look in the bible half the titles aren't even there like what i'm achieving a man-made title right now like this is literally like made up like i can't believe i'm excited yes yes i mean um I, I didn't become a ministerial servant but can you imagine jumping up and down yes i'm a ministerial servant now and you look in the bible the word's not even there they just made it up i was like what am i doing like it's crazy but um as i was a chemo i would look around and um it's the craziest thing to be waking up and sitting in a chair in an audience and you're looking around and you notice you're the only person looking around everyone's just like looking forward in the meeting you know, just paying attention, and it's like, like the husbands, they don't even, they don't even have their arms around their wives, it's just like, very just like, oh, it's like this stare, and I'm just like, looking around, and I'm like, these people are just so, like, I don't know, like, laser on focus, it's, it's like, I'm the only person, like, conscious right now, looking around. Yeah, I totally under that, understand that experience, um, I, I, I've been there, um, I mean, about a year, before I left the organization, I was only at the meetings in body. My mind wasn't there at all. I hadn't woken up yet. I wasn't, I wouldn't describe myself as being PMO at that time, but I was completely uninterested <laughs> in, in what was going on. I, I just completely zoned out every single meeting and I would sit there daydreaming or browsing social media on my phone or you know, or just looking around at people. And I saw the same thing that you saw, you know, people just transfixed, you know, and just, um, just, just really passively consuming what was coming from the platform, you know? And um, so I, I, I totally understand where you're coming from on that one. Thank you. Um, it, it feels nice to have someone like, understand where I'm coming from, especially the part where you're sitting down and you feel like not really there. Um, it's just like everyone's going to give a yes response when they get the microphone, you know? <laughs> it's like, you know what's going to happen in the comments and everything. In fact, like 
it's kind of like, I'm not sure if you've seen the Truman Show. Um, it's a movie about, I guess, a yes, character. Yeah. Yeah. He started really like and I'm like, I, I feel like I could walk into the meeting and say, okay, three minutes from now, Brother Brown's going to give a comment on why we should love Jehovah. And then after that, that sister's over there, so-and-so is going to give a comment. And it's just like, everything is so repetitive. And new magazine cover, same information recycled. But then all of a sudden, new light, information changes. And then no one disagrees, everyone says yes. Information change, no one disagrees, everyone says yes. And I'm like, wow, this is like so many changes. And not once, like, I don't know, it's just... It's crazy to me. Like, these are people making these changes, but you know, it, it's interesting. It always, it always made me think about all that. So, while you were waking up, I mean, was, was there any one singular thing that started the ball rolling? Um, I think the biggest thing, the main thing that made me wake up was um, I had a circuit overseer visit. And I went into the back room, in the elder room, and um, he was doing, before his talk, a line of coke before the talk. I'm joking, I'm joking. He, did, he wasn't doing <laughs> After that, I was like, I'm done, I'm out of here. No, I'm <laughs> he was like, no, we did have a circuit over here, though, who I dearly love. He was always, like, on the edge, like, super energetic. But no, that never happened, I'm just joking. No, um, the biggest thing that got me was uh, seeing cases of people's like really bad trauma, really bad abuse go completely unanswered. And I'm just like, what is going on right now? And especially um, like I I'm not like uh, an activist by any means of like if you're a man or a woman, I'm just like about equality and being treated equal. And if a woman goes to an elder about abuse, which was like people within my own family. And I had to sit there in the meetings and watch as the elder just sits down with like a notebook like this. And he was asked, okay, um, so and brother, and he'll refer back to the brother, ask the brother another question while the sister just sits there and she has to listen to this. And since I guess the, in their sense, they take the scripture of, the woman being the bigger vessel, they're like, okay, we're just going to talk to the brother about this and see what he says. And, um, like, the woman of importance in my family and, and my, and I'm like, I, I watched how they would not even be heard in these meetings, not even be listened to. And the last meeting that happened, I literally just stood up and I walked out. And it was like, it was on impulse, but it was the right thing to do because I'm not about to sit here in a abuse meeting and listen to only one person get questioned while the abused just sits there. And um, it was like they had the abuser and they'll ask the abuser questions like, um, did such and such happen? And that abuser can say, no, it did. Okay, did such and such happen? And, and they'll go over it while the abuser is just sitting there like, they can, they can disagree to everything, but you have two different stories, and now the elders can't do anything. And now it's like, and this has happened time and time again with my with friends, family, and it's just, it sucks. Like, this is 100% a man-made organization, and it's not guided by God. The way, they, the way they talk, that if you can just say that, you can get away with so much. Oh, yeah, well, we're guided by God. God told us. And it's, um, it's just rough. Yeah, I can, I can relate to that. I mean, I haven't had um, any kind of experience with with abuse um, di directly, but I totally get your point about say, seeing and realizing that this is a man-made organization because that, that was one of the first things that's, that started waking me up is realizing that the elders are not guided by Holy Spirit. I mean, um, in my own experience, I started seeing things and the way that, you know, the, from dealings that I had with the elders, that was a question that was going on in my mind over and over and over and over again. And I just couldn't reconcile it. I couldn't reconcile what I was seeing and experiencing with the belief that I'd been taught that elders are appointed by Holy Spirit. I just could and guided by Holy Spirit. I just couldn't reconcile those two things. It just, it just didn't make any sense.
Yeah, that's so true. I, I was just smiling because I'm like, I'm thinking that that's such a good point. I'm thinking about the, the, if you think back to the elders you knew back then and looking back now, I mean, it's the funniest thing in the world. Like, brother, so-and-so was guided by Holy Spirit. And I'm like, oh, my, I, I believe that. Like, this dude was out here just, like, living his life or doing this or doing that. And you know, guys guided by Holy Spirit. It's like, I'm just like, there's no way. And and even if, um, whether people believe if Holy Spirit is real or not, at the end of the day, what the elders do is just, it comes from another tier above them, like Circuit Overseer. And where is that in the Bible? So I think we're at a we're at a dead end now. Where um, whether you whether anyone believes in the Bible or does or doesn't, it's just like at the end of the day, it's it's not in there. If you believe in the Bible, either way, it doesn't matter because these are man made titles. Um, and um, I feel like they took one word from the Bible, like elder, and then added a whole bunch of a whole bunch of uh, authorities above elder. And now they have their own system. And it's just, at the end of the day, I think um, I think one question I think me and you should, like, could both answer is, like, hopefully is um, the watchtower and the term cult. Because one thing that JW say is, and they say this with sincerity, like, how can we be a cult? Like, they're genuinely asking, how can we be a cult? How, how is this possible? And they're trying, and I feel for them because in their mind, they're fighting a battle and they're like, no, no, no. Am I in a cult? There's no way it could be. So, like, um, I don't know. What, what, what are your thoughts on, like, um, like the organization being, like, a cult? Like, um, that witnesses were watching, like, I don't know. You, you've already do, do these videos like this, but as of right now, like, where, what's a, a thing that kind of makes the Watchtower organization like a cult? Um, the level of control. The level of control. Um, the narcissistic attitude of the leadership as well. You know, um, one classic trait of narcissists is not accepting responsibility for their mistakes. And the Watchtower organization is an expert at that. They don't accept responsibility for anything at all. Nothing whatsoever. It's always the fault of the membership. It's never the fault of the leadership. If ever there's a problem in the organization, well... It's not a problem with the organization. It's a problem with you and the way you're viewing the organization. You know, that's how it is all the time. I mean, apart from that, from a more academic point of view, there's uh, the bite model, which was being developed by Stephen Hassan, um, who himself is an ex-cult member. And it's an extremely comprehensive framework for assessing where an, an organization, whether it's religious or not, lies on that spectrum of of um undue influence you know and uh, that was one of the first books that i read after waking up and it completely blew my mind completely blew my mind and what what also blew my mind was how similar witness practices are to uh the cult that the author was in uh the unif the unification church um that commonly known as the moonies so many similarities between them and I just could not believe what I was hearing. I was literally listening to the audiobook and jumping up and down. Just couldn't believe what I was hearing. Just so many similarities. And I thought that even though I'd woken up and I no longer believed it was the truth, I thought that the witness religion was so unique. I had no idea that it's just the same as all these other cults and high control group. They're all the same. They all work off the same blueprint, you know? And, uh, yeah, so that, that that's my thoughts on whether or not the, the, uh, the, the witnesses are a cult. So, um, when, when you were waking up and you, you obviously came to a, a point where you decided that you were going to leave, can you just, Talk us through that. What what was that like coming to that decision, and how did you make that decision? I just want to say when you said what you said there was really powerful. Um, that was yeah, definitely. I, I, I you see things from a very um, from a point of view that needs to be heard more, and um, I'm so that's why I had to ask just because I like your the way you explain things. I just I love it, man. As a fan, I, I had to ask. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, ask the question okay. again. So um, when you were waking up, you you uh, eventually came to the decision to leave the organization. What was that thought process like? How did you come to that decision? 
Well, after spending some time there, um, the first dilemma was, okay, I don't want to leave the organization. And, um, man, I've been, oh man, I've been, I've been doing this for a while. Cause I was living with my parents and I was like, I can't leave the organization while living with family, you know? And that's just, it's just not going to work because I'll be physically and mentally out while living with my parents who are very like, you know, my, my father being, he was at for, for 13 years, he was an elder, my mother pioneered. And it was just like, there was through and through a witness and I just could not live in a household with them being out all the way. And, um, I had to get out. So that was when I worked really hard. I used that money to get my own place. And once I got my own place, I did a year of openly breaking one of the rules I hated the most. <laughs> I'm like, screw you guys. I'm breaking this rule right in front of you guys. And that was the rule of like, they had this rule where it was just like, oh, we shouldn't hang out with so-and-so or, or so-and-so. And it was like people who were studies. Like, oh, we, we want them to come in first before we start inviting the gatherings. Or we want them to... Um, we want to know if they truly believe this is the truth before we start inviting them. And not even just that, just like these cliches in the hall. Like there would, I remember like different side of the halls would have people that sat there at the same time and they'd be in their own little group. And then they would always hang out with each other and, and get lunch after the meetings, never invite anyone else. You have a guy, let's just say a guy named Johnny walks in the kingdom hall and he attends one meeting, two meetings, three meetings, never gets invited to anything. He's there to find truth, you know, everyone's trying to find truth in life, but he's watching as everyone else associates and what happens to him. I saw um, a dear friend of mine, Gregory, he, he came into the Keenum Hall I was in and he showed up. He never gotten really invited to anything and then he left and, you know, I, I, I invited him to my place and then someone... And when I invited him to my place, he said, thank you so much, Nathaniel. Like, I was wondering why, like, what was going on with the association here. And an elder came to me and was like, hey, you ever seen Gregory around? And I'm like, he left, he stopped coming to the meetings a month ago. Like, and that, that kind of stung me. And I, I told him, I said, look, you guys haven't done anything with him. In fact, I had a Bible study that I brought to the Kingdom Hall. And they wouldn't even associate with him. They wouldn't even want to do a study with him. Because... And as dumb as it sounds, it sounds dumb just saying this, but it's coming straight from the governing body. Like, he's a tall, like, stage Jamaican guy, and he came in, you know, a great friend of mine, and we go in there because I was studying with him, and, hey, because I, I was bringing in studies to the Kingdom Hall. He comes to the Kingdom Hall, and he doesn't have a lot of suits. He wears one suit, I guess, that doesn't, um, like, appease. It was too tight, I guess. And I had an elder pull me to the side and say, hey, is your is that Bible study on the fence? Is he on the fence? Because I noticed his suit's a bit tight. And I'm like, where's the fence? Which fence are we talking about? Um, and he's like, he said, you know, he's like, I'm a bit older, so maybe I see things different, but that's definitely gay. And I'm just like, you know, I should, I should be getting angry right now, but I'm not responding to him. I'm responding to Anthony Morris. That's who really said that. That wasn't him. That was Anthony Morris who put that in his head. And Anthony Morris came out with that. And um, not a single elder, not a single... I've asked with my Bible study next to me after the meeting was over. I went to the elders. I said, hey, my name's Nate. Here's my Bible study. And we did this meeting after meeting. And they wouldn't study with him. And I was doing it by myself. And... I'm like, wow, I love truth way more than anyone else in here, apparently, because this is ridiculous. Like, if you truly, and, and it's, what's crazy is if you truly believe Jehovah is real, which I don't believe right now in a God named Jehovah, I believe in their creator right now. And I'm still on the fence about that. But um, the term named Jehovah, that's a different story. But long story short, um, whether you believe in Jehovah or not, wouldn't you want your religion or organization to not blaspheme his name? Because I thought this was all about love. I thought this was about, you know, Jesus spoke to everyone, no matter who they are. And that's what I just don't think what Jehovah's Witnesses can't be. Like, they call themselves Christians. They don't really follow the example of Christ because Jesus spoke to everyone. Um, and, um, you know, and, and that's something I talk about on my TikTok because it's just like, 
I understand people who are theists or atheists because in my mind, both sides are right. It's weird. I live in a weird world, man. <laughs> both sides are right to me. And uh, yeah, it's just, uh, it's crazy. I can't believe how many times I brought my Bible study and they just studied with him. And it wasn't even just him. I had a second Bible study that happened to So it, not that, not exactly how it happened, but just um, I would bring him in and he wouldn't be invited to certain things and all that. It was just weird how this was like, it seemed like a high school I was walking into. Like, it wasn't even what they called it. Yeah, that's, that's a common thing. You know, cliques in the congregation and soft shunning and, you know, like a really elitist attitude. And w when you think about it, I think that kind of attitude is actually built into the religion because at its core, the Jehovah's Witnesses religion is really a supremacist religion. You know, you're, you're taught to look down on anyone else outside of the organization. I mean, it's not framed that way, but if you're being, for being honest, that is what witnesses do. <laughs> you know, you look down on worldly people, you look down on other religious groups, particularly the Catholics, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're, 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 you're taught to believe that, you know, you're better than them. So it's unsurprising if that kind of elitist supremacist attitude overlaps into other areas. That is so hilarious because like you tell a Jehovah's Witness something about abuse or child abuse and they'll be like, oh my God, look over there. The Catholics, look at them. They're, they're doing child abuse. You got to stop them. And I'm like, <laughs> it's too late. Australia Royal Commission, it's too late. Jeffrey Jackson was literally out there just like exposed all of it. I'm just like, so many cases have been coming up and it's just like, I just want to touch on that real quick because you mentioned a great point because it's amazing how they'll finger point to other people and say, oh yeah, well look at them, look at them. And another thing I want to mention earlier that you said an excellent point about the organization not taking responsibility. And this is a genuine question for Jehovah's Witnesses and people who are in and out. When was the last time the governing body said sorry about anything? Or apologize about anything. They they never have, as far as I can tell or remember. They they never have. I mean, even when they print corrections, they word it in such a way that it it doesn't sound like they're making an admission. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so yeah, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. So when you actually um, left. Talk us through that 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 whole situation. How did you do it? How did you break it to your parents? And uh, what happened to you? It was really uh, it was not smart of me, and it was I, I guess in a sense can be arrogant. But um, what I did was after so long of sitting in the kingdom hall with this notebook I had and it's writing questions, which I still have to this day. None of those questions got answered. Um, I had I had it all there and. I was the only person with a notebook in the hall writing all this down. And after so much time has gone by, I was advised by someone, uh, maybe you should go, hey, it seems like you have a lot of questions in your mind. Maybe you should go to the elders and ask those questions and I'm on my way out because the truth was it was taking a toll on me that I had all these questions and no answers. But what I did wrong was I went to the elders and I was like, I, and I questioned them and because I said I'm being inside of them. I started out by saying, hey, I need help. I called them. And I, I called them. And I said, hey, elder so-and-so, um, I need some help spiritually. And uh, I guess I was like the to them a wounded sheep that they were going to come in and rescue and everything. And um, But I, I go into the meeting. One thing that stood out to me, I just... Now that I'm mentally out, I know in. I'm like, why does that guy have a notebook and paper? And why does that guy have a tablet or a laptop? And I'm like, I, I just, I never questioned this before. Like, these, they're literally illegally recording me right now my information without my permission. But, um, so, um, in that case, I decided I would record the information for myself because I went back to the bathroom before the meeting started. And I said, God, if, if these are your people, tell me right now, because we're here in your house. If Because uh, according to JJ's superstitions, Satan can't be there. So I guess it'd have to be God. But um, I just got this cold shiver down my spine. 
And I think that was just my natural instinct to just like get out of there. I continued the meeting. I sat down, I continued it. And I just asked some questions from like, um, one that is like politics in the congregation and like how in this hall right now, there's a brother, there's an elder with a beard. 15 minutes down the road, that's not allowed. 15 minutes. If the doctrine of a religion changes within 15 minutes of a drive, what the hell is that? <laughs> like, that's just crazy. Like, all I have to do is just pick the congregation that's best for me. And then I never have to, and it's just, that's what people do. But, like, um, I, I asked all these questions, and at the end of the meeting, the elders said, hey, um, you know, we appreciate your concerns. And, and when the meeting started, they said, hey, you know, we're here for you. you know, you're a brother. We love you. care for you. We're going to make sure we, we do this under prayer. We're going to answer all your questions. And but really something more is just um, they came to the end of the meeting and said, thank you so much for your questions, you know, your concern. And um, we're going to reconvene this meeting. They never answered the questions. And what was the crazy part was is they even told me, hey, yeah, we're going to even um, – We'll call you after the meeting. We'll, ask, we'll uh, get back to you with those questions. But my mind was already made up. I knew they weren't going to. Till this day, the elders have never contacted me again. And um, at the same time, I think that was even more proof that this was just BS because it was just like, you guys promised, and if Jehovah's name meant anything, you guys used his name. You guys promised in your prayer in his house that you would answer my questions. You'd answer a single one. And it wasn't even like a thing like, oh, well, that wasn't the answer I wanted to hear. Like, they legitimately just said, okay, all right. And then they kept going. But, um, yeah, so that was uh, what happened. And I got, after that happened, I immediately moved out of the state. And, um, yeah, and, and I just wanted to mention one other thing that you mentioned earlier that I, I really enjoyed. Um, how the organization views people who aren't in it. Um, I hate to sidetrack, but before I forget, it really sucked growing up, and this is also part of my leaving, that it's just not in me to just hate people just to hate them. It's because they're not a part of my group. And yes, I use that word hate because I'm like, um, the way the organization talks about these people is just insane, the, the leadership as well. So I just couldn't do it anymore. I was just tired. Like, it's exhausting to just think that you're above everyone else all the time and for what uh, i totally understand i mean um if, if i'm honest the 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 view that the organization has of worldly people it bothered me a little bit while i was a witness because i did have some some good friends that you know people that i'd worked with over the years that i maintained a friendship with to a degree that wasn't you know that was found upon in the organization but by and large the, the 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 view of worldly people isn't something that i wrestled with you know um it's just by virtue of, of being indoctrinated as i started waking up it became you know a bigger and bigger issue for me but while i was in the the organization you know being being indoctrinated i for the most part kind of agreed with with the organization stance with 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 outsiders but i look back on that now and think to myself you know how could i ever have you know gone along with this mentally you know especially what i've come to learn now you know after making friends in you know the world and seeing how uh, basically i've come to realize that there are the, the organization doesn't have the monopoly on good people and the world doesn't have the monopoly on bad people. There are good people and there are bad people and there's lots of overlap between, regardless of what group you're in or where you come from, what country, you know, some people are good and some people are bad and that's, that's all there is to it. And, you know, that's just, that's such a simple truth, but it's a simple truth that is hidden from Jehovah's Witnesses. <laughs> Which is which is absolutely crazy, you know, myself included when I was one. But um, I'm grateful that I know better now. You know, when you know you when you know better, you do better, right? So that's that's the spirit. And um, uh, one one of the things that uh, to, to, to piggyback off the 
about like people who are quote unquote non witness worldly or whatever. It's funny, they try to stop that term. I'm not sure if they try to stop it globally, but and um, where I lived at, they said, hey, um, you know, we shouldn't use that word term worldly anymore. That lasted for like a month. <laughs> like, they went right back to using that word. And it was like, that just that just showed me just how much these people just don't care. Like, the witnesses will stand up against that. But when it comes to anything else, it was just like, it's crazy to think the only thing that witnesses stood up against was the term worldly. Like, yes, we want to use it. Like, that was just in my area. But, um, you know, we had that one pioneer sitting in the car with us. Hey, guys, you know, society says we shouldn't use the term worldly anymore. We should use non-witness. And they all looked at her and just started laughing. <laughs> like, damn. Y'all are just, man, y'all are just cruel. But um, it, going to school and um, besides not being able to participate, because as a witness, um, we're, we're over here, it's like you cannot partake in any kind of school, no basketball, no football, no soccer, no nothing. Imagine being born and you could be Ronaldo. You don't, of course, that's like, it's literally a slim chance, but like, you can be a great basketball basketball player and anything, and you'll never know that thing about you because you can't do it at school. And it could make you happy, but you don't do it. And a lot of people are robbed of their childhood joys because, like, that's just what a that's what a cult does. Is you can't do that. Sorry, you, you can't partake in sports, like, or you, the chess club after school. Who knows? But just like because it's worldly association. The funny thing about the worldly association is. When I was going to the guidance counselor, and over here in the high school I went to, um, there was this thing called community service. Well, the rest of the worldly people were turning in their time for community service, for taking trash off the road, feeding the homeless, doing things like that. I was like, hey, look, I got my community service. I did, I did um, field service. I was knocking on doors, and I like... Like what? Like what are you even? How are you even helping anyone? Like okay, uh, you told them the world was gonna end. Like we're living the last days, and that was was a couple of years ago. And what was so funny was um, like the elders would tell me they're like, hey, yeah, for community service, just go ahead and tell me the field service and and how you help people. And I'm just like, wow. Like maybe I have this backwards because if. You know, what, how can worldly people all be evil if they're out here taking trash off the road, feeding the homeless? Like, not all every worldly person does that, but for community service, like, I actually saw them in groups do that. And I, man, and in my mind, there's like this, and this is, I guess, have to do with my title and, and like the, my username, but it was just like, there's this chain holding everyone back. And, it has to be broken, and it's, it is breaking. A lot of people are, are like doomers and saying, no, the world's going to end in and out of the religion. But people of all backgrounds, people of all walks of life are making it to positions of success and making it to these spots in life where they have platforms. And before, it wasn't happening. And now you have all these older people and people such as the governing body who are control these organizations and they don't want it to happen they're pulling on the chain as hard as they can it's, it's like a tug of war and they don't want the world to change because their ego cannot cannot take the fact that the world that their worldview is not correct and it's completely tainted so once that chain is broken you know and, and it is over time like you know things are i believe that things will get better in this world um and that's just not because witnesses always said Oh, look at the world. It's going to end. It's horrible. This world is horrible. And I just don't think that's the case. I don't think that everything is doom and gloom because that's just how the witnesses thought. And the witnesses often said, they're like, hey, you know, this world's going to end anyway soon. So it is what it is. And I'm just like, no, I, I, don't, I don't think that way. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, if the world is so bad, <clears throat> if the world is bad and it's getting progressively worse, then it means that in the past is better than it is now. Ask any Jehovah's Witness what time period they'd prefer to live in, now or the 16th, 17th or 18th century. <laughs> How many of them will say that they'd prefer to live back then? 
it, it's it's crazy because sometimes it's like uh, an excitement for some witnesses. They're like, oh, look, 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 there's bad things happening. This is it. This is the time. It's about to happen. And that, now that bothered me at growing up because I'm just like, I look at them and I'm like, because, you know, you grew up with the Revelation book. You know, I mean, the, the, the grand climax that all the witnesses are waiting for never happening. Um, maybe that's why a lot of them are so mad all the time. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> so it's like you see all these images in the Revelation book of the world being destroyed and people dying. And then the demonstrations by the broadcasting saying, oh, you know, this is you if you don't join. This is you in the end of the world. When Anthony Morris says, oh, I know what's coming in the future. I, I know what's coming in Armageddon. A whole lot of dead people. And then he's like, chop hot dogs on a grill. And I'm like, this is terrible. And I, and, I, and I thought about it. And I'm like, this is like romanticized or fantasized on, you know? Because it's brought up again and again and again. And more publications coming out over and over. It really is disgusting, the rhetoric that comes from Tony Morris, it's it's terrible. I think he actually has deep psychological problems, you know. So um, after you left, what what was the situation with your um, family? So you you physically moved out, got your own place. Uh, did your family still keep in contact with you, or are they shunning you? My family shunned me. Um, I don't know. I don't know what else to expect from like. I don't know. I I don't know. I get my hopes up. Um, it sucks, but I thought that they would be considerate and want to hear my side of the story. I went down there and I drove down there to see my my sister, and this was like four or five months ago. And I went down there, and I'm like, "Hey, I'm just here to see my sister." And like, my dad pulled up in the car, so you need to leave. And I'm like, I don't even want to talk about religion. I just want to know how she's okay because she, without giving too much away, she went through a lot, you know, in the, in the organization. It was bad because she was in a congregation that was like, they were like bullies and they would bully her a lot just because, well, one, like she's tall and she's beautiful. She has like red hair and like tall, like like flowing red hair and she's gorgeous, but that was like a lamplight to like all these other girls who would bully her and everything. And um, and also as a woman, she just felt like she had no value. Like as a woman, like you watch all these men get titles and achieve all these positions at one after another, and and then you're just kind of there at the meetings. Like you can't really do much. You're just there, and like. Um, I even heard one brother, like, I don't know, I gotta stop saying brother. <laughs> I gotta cut that out. I, I'm so, that's how long I've been a witness. No, but there was this one Jehovah's Witness when I was in the organization who was like, yeah, you know, we need more sisters, we need to date more often so we can increase our numbers as witnesses. And I'm like, you know, do you hear yourself? <laughs> do you hear yourself? Because um, they were saying that, oh, once the, the, the word is preached all over the world, then, then the end will come. So they're like, yeah, we need more sisters to have kids so we can, and I'm just like, that was from that, that's not like a teaching. I'm not saying it's a teaching. I'm just saying that that's just, well, that came from that brother who was in a particular position in the congregation. But in a sense, like, he was right in JW terms, because in JW terms, they have to preach the word throughout the whole planet, and then the end will come, and they want it to come so fast. And um, it was just crazy. Um, my family, they don't talk to me, they don't get in touch with me, and... Um, I've tried to get in contact with him. I said, look, I'm here. I have open arms. I love you guys. And when you guys want to, please come back and like, you can guys say hi to me, whatever, talk to me. We don't have to sit and talk about religion. And they won't do it. They won't budge. And it, it's, it sucks because it's like, I literally have no family. I have like, one have a well i have a cousin i love he's out there in texas i love him to death but like i'm just now talking to him like hey like where have i been for the past 20 years you know because i wasn't allowed to talk to him my my family wouldn't allow me to talk to 
my other family. So now it's weird. You know, it's awkward because now I have one cousin and I have, sorry, I have two, I have a second cousin and I just can't, it's weird reestablishing connection with them because I just couldn't have it before because they weren't witnesses and I knew nothing about them at all. So, um, it's kind of hard to explain to them <laughs> why I didn't talk to them and why my family never reached out, but they're understanding and we're, you know, we're talking more and more and, and it's, things are getting better. I'm really pleased to hear that your, you know, your non-witness family are, are understanding and, you know, taking taking steps to rebuild a relationship with you. I, I know from personal experience that that does really, really help a lot. Because I reconnected with a lot of my non-witness family and they've all been absolutely brilliant. They've all been so great, so understanding and kind and hospitable and loving, just the way families should be. You know, if you take the Jehovah's Witness doctrine out of the equation, that's that's what family should be like. Yeah, so I'm really pleased to hear that. So how how do you feel with everything now? Um, you know, you, you've been out since August last year. Do you feel like your life is moving forward in a positive direction? Um, definitely. At first it was hard. It was... Um, I just felt like I was in the middle of the ocean with no life wrapped around me. I'm just looking around and I'm just like, I'm in the middle of nowhere. Like, I just felt like I was in cold water just in the middle of nowhere. You know, like if, if I was like, if I could describe it, it would be like being on a planet that's made of water and there's nowhere to swim to. And it was just, I had no family. I had, all my friends were gone. And of course, it was just like, I knew this would happen, but the way it happened was just, it was just, the way the elders did it was just so dirty too, because it was just like, they they told me that I could affect the rest of the congregation. And um, it's just like that I, it seems like I have been communicating with apostates and they, I was just a danger to a friend of the flock. And that's how it's described in um, the Shepherding the God's Flock book. It talks about, you know, if someone's a threat to the congregation and, and so on and so forth, people can find that book and read it. And But it, it's just, it sucks because um, I didn't, I didn't, I knew the elders were, were like kind of uncaring, but they took it to a whole new level. They were actually worse than I thought. And I knew it was bad, but not that bad. <laughs> but I got out, I moved. And the second I moved, it helped so much because I moved to a new area. Um, I moved to North Carolina, and I, I, I love it here. Um, everyone here is just kind of like, and there's so many people here. It's, it's like modern, and a lot of that way of thinking is, isn't here. And it just, it also helps me to see how outdated some of these point of views are from witnesses. So um, moving was a great help. Um, making friends at work and getting a part of groups that play basketball or any kind of like sport. That was great. It was a huge help. Um, yeah, there's, it's not as bad as I thought it would be. I thought that being indoctrinated for so long, I was expecting witnesses to be like, you know, those, those corny pictures that were on like young people last book and like a worldly person was like winning around with a cigarette in their hand just waiting for you to come over so they can, like, put it in your mouth and convert you, like, it was just so dramatic, so dramatic, like, oh my god, please, like, it, I cannot believe how over-the-top dramatic, like, they viewed worldly people, and, um, these are just human beings, like, the rest of us, we're all human, like, I'm not sure why a barrier, well, I guess I know why there's a barrier put there, but, um, yeah, like, believe it or not, there's actually human beings that don't smoke and don't do alcohol and don't do drugs and all this stuff. But who's to say what's bad? Like, that's just, anyway, that's a different topic, but it's just crazy. Like, these are, I met so many good people, man. I met so many good people out here with good hearts. And um, looking back, it kind of hurts. I'm not going to lie, it hurts seeing how good these people are. A lot of these people are. And I look back at my old friends. And um, 
I would host a lot of events in like uh, whether it was game tournaments, sports, and so on and so forth for those like um for the for those who weren't the cool kid for those who and for both for everyone really and they would come over and do tournaments and we would do um, like all these events and like these people had looking back my association and even during the time I I noticed it. But I thought that by associating with them, I could help them and, and so on and so forth. But they had really, really bad habits that I won't go into detail on. And they, they had, like, like things that were just straight out wrong to do as a human being. And um, I, like, I told them, hey, you should definitely not do that. But they kept doing it over and over. And I'm just like, and the way they viewed others. Turns out, like, one of the members in that group would actually have like a group chat and they would just gossip and, and then like they would have like a hundred plus JWs on that like Discord server and they would just name drop and, and share information and it was funny because like I had no idea about this and I'm like this is so childish like people when you're born in life you get one chance in life and you have to find truth and I'm like it's like a, everyone's life is different, but don't you want to find truth and find out why we're here and enjoy life? And But, like, it was just toxic. The organization was so toxic, and I had to get out of that. Like, my old friends were so toxic. Well, I'm so pleased that you got out of that environment and your life is moving forward positively now, and you seem really, really happy. So that's, that, that, that's great. I mean, the, leaving the organization always comes at cost but that cost doesn't prevent you from being happy in your life going forward. And that, you know, is clearly evident in your case. Thank you. And um, so one thing that I was just wanted to ask you was like, how is, how has it been for you like getting out? Um, it has been an extremely painful process because so many things happened all at the same time. Um, so my marriage broke down. I uh, lost contact with my kids. I was homeless. Um, all of this happened at the same time, round about the same time as I, I left the organization. So it was really, really, really tough. Really tough. And, you know, things things have gotten better, but it hasn't been a, a, a perfectly linear progression. There have been loads and ups and downs little peaks and troughs but overall things are getting better for me and um, I'm in a great new relationship now with the most amazing woman on the planet as far as I'm concerned and um, yeah it, you know we, we're planning a, a life together so that that's that's really great and I've, you know I've only got positive things to look forward to in the future um, man um, I'm really sorry you went through that was um and i i don't even know to say that that's that's a lot and um we, we should talk more on that because i feel like i can re relate with you in some areas but um yeah so you are so strong for making it through that and you're here and you're sharing this information and it, it's just it's so it's so isolating thinking sometimes that you're alone in this and um the more people do this the more we're gonna wake up and understand one another because it's just a lot of people we, we didn't have this before right like where, where did you go like before apostates were like it's funny because even like there was like this image of, like oh these apostates are down the street you're holding a sign up in front of a kingdom hall like i've never seen that like the way the way apostates were, were talked about were like hey yeah there are, there are these guys who have a sign up or they're protesting or they're going to attack you and that's just never happened i've never seen it personally um and these are just people who are tired of having this chain on them you know of, of and, and what's so crazy is like these men who are in positions of power that affect our lives in the organization they, there's no qualification needed zero you don't have like, you can literally tell a woman how to raise her kids, and you've never had kids, and you can, like, nothing, no experience, no degrees, nothing, 
which, by the way, the, the organization is so critical on seeking higher education, and yet our lives are saved by people in higher education. <laughs> it's like, what kind of what kind of dynamic is this? And uh, at the end of the day, you know, it's just we have a platform now. It's 2021 now. All the information can be put out there. We can access it. People can come up with their experiences. Imagine if we could have done this in 1974 and then 1976. Like, can you imagine the amount of YouTube channels that would be talking about how the world was supposed to end and it didn't? Like, they, the organization would have been over before 2000, before the before the another end of the world prediction. But um, goodness, if, if, I'm so glad we had this these platforms now, man. I'm, I'm so happy about it. Yeah, absolutely. Me too. I mean, you make a really good point. If we had this in 1974, 1975, 1976, that would have been game over for Watchtower. Easily, easily game over. You know, I mean, um, even now, I mean, I, I don't think I don't think every single witness would have left. There's always going to be like a hard, hardcore group who are just so dependent on the organization for anything positive positive in their life they will never ever leave regardless of whether or not it's the truth uh, my mother is one of those you know if it came out tomorrow if the governing body announced tomorrow we no longer believe our organization to be the truth it wouldn't make a difference to her at all not one little bit you know because she's not in the organ she's not in it for reasons of truth all of her reasons for being in it are emotional you know and so i think that there will always be people like that I think, at least for the foreseeable future, there will always be Jehovah's Witnesses in some way, shape, or form. But the organisation in its current form, I think, has a as a as a shelf life. You know, that's not not too long in the future. Yeah, but it, it has been an absolute pleasure speaking with you today, Nate. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to um, have a chat with me. Absolutely, it's been a pleasure and. Man, thank you so much for having me on. I'm so glad we get to talk, and thank you for having me on your on your channel. Oh, thank you, thank you very much, and thank you, viewers, for watching as well. If you haven't already done so, please like and subscribe to the channel with notifications so that you get alerted to all of my new videos. Please proceed to the Jexit in an orderly fashion, and I'll see you in the next one. Thank you so much for watching to the very end of the video. If you haven't already done so, please like, leave a comment, and subscribe to the channel. If you like my work and want to help me continue doing it, please support me on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Jexit underscore 2020. And with that, I'd like to sincerely thank these very special patrons who make these videos possible. 